Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. In the name of Jesus, would you welcome Brother Wayne Williams to the pulpit today? He's going to be teaching our Bible lesson. Let's open our heart and our ears to the Word of God. Would you do that? Make Brother Williams welcome, would you? Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad someone invited you to the house of God? Amen. I'm thankful that I serve a God that's alive. Amen. If you'll turn in your Bibles this morning to Genesis 22, 16 through 18, we'll get started. Uh, title this morning of the lesson will be Leaving a Legacy of Godliness. And truly, Brother Josh, that's truly what I want to do. Amen. Uh, not only for my wife, not only for my church family, not only for my children, Brother Darrell, but for the folks I work with, people that I shop with at Walmart, Brother Chris. I want them to see Jesus in my life. Amen. Paul said we were written epistles, read and known of all men. Amen. Genesis 22, 16 through 18 reads like this, And said, By myself I have sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven as a sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Could we pray? Precious Jesus, truly we do love you, and we do praise you, God, and we just thank you for what we feel in this house already. But God, the best part, God, is your word, God, because you said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your presence, God. God, whatever the need is, God, we ask you to move and to minister. And God, help us, God, to leave a legacy of godliness. God, we love you and we praise your name. Church said amen before you sit down. Give the Lord a big cheer. Amen. Amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Before I get started, uh, we're going to back up to Genesis 22 and 1 through 2, but I thought about how pastor always says that um, out there uh, before service about uh, Brother Jerry that we should be intentional. Amen. We should be intentional when we get inside the house of God, Sister Edith, to invite the presence of God into our presence, Brother Tyson. And, and can I tell you that if we're not intentional about our walk with God, Brother Donnie, we better be intentional about our walk with God. Amen. Because can I tell you, Brother Kevin, somewheres we're going to spend eternity somewheres. Amen. And, and I thought about how the, back in 1993, maybe y'all might not know who this gentleman is, but somebody asked Charles Barkley, Brother Mike, said, are you a role model? And Sister Rayleigh, he said, no, I'm not a role model. He said, that's not my job to be a role model. But Sister Jane, I want to be a role model. I want to be a role model to my wife and a role model to my children, amen. I want to be a role model when, you know, if Brother Rayleigh sees me at Walmart, I want him to say, that's a guy I go to church with. 
I don't want him to say, Brother Chris, go down aisle five and I'm on aisle three because I don't want to be around that guy. Church, can I tell you, folks, as I heard a preacher say the other day, you're leaving a testimony, Brother Gibson, somewhere. Either you're leaving a testimony that uprises and pleases God, or you're leaving a testimony that glorifies the devil. Church, say amen. I said it's high time that our role models ought to be people in the church. It ought to be people at our homes. and ought to be our mamas and our daddies. It ought to be our grandpas and our grandmas. We shouldn't have to look to Hollywood or read a book unless it's the Bible, Brother Kevin, about a role model. And I'm telling you, everywhere we go, we're a role model for Jesus. It's how you react when, when, when uh, problems, Brother Dave, come and knock at your front door. Abraham was asked a very, I think, a very difficult question. In 22, and 1 through, 1 through 2, it reads like this, and it said, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham, and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Brother Ben, I just want to back up to Genesis 18 and 19 and 17 through 19 and read this, what Abraham, Abraham, uh, Jesus and, and two angels was walking towards Sodom and Gomorrah, but they stopped. Brother Jerry, and they wanted to talk to Abraham and Sarah for a few minutes and tell them what God was going to bless them. This child Isaac was finally coming, Brother Rayleigh, was finally coming. When they got through with that, Brother Bobby, they, he walked on to God and the two angels walked on and they was headed somewhere, Sister Jen. They was headed to Sodom and Gomorrah, but God made this statement. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. And oh, oh, it's just really how I would hope that God would say this about Wayne Williams. He said, For I know him. He said, For I know him. Brother Kevin, I want God to say I know Wayne Williams. I know that when I put Wayne in a spot, he's going to trust me. Because you can say what you want now, but Brother Michael, when you talk about giving up the son that you've been waiting for a hundred years, God said, I, I just I got to have him. I just got to have him. And I often think about what Brother Boyd said and he said, let's be careful of the things that we hold in our hands, Sister Smith, that we don't hold them too tightly unless God asks us to let them go. Well, really, I believe more than anything that that's what messes folks up serving God. Because unless you serve God with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, He don't want a portion of you, Brother Junior. He wants all of you. He said, for I know Him that He will command His children in His household after Him that they shall keep the way of the Lord and to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which was spoken unto him. Brother Darrell, the Lord may not ask you to sacrifice one of your two sons, but I believe God might put his finger on something in your life. Say, Sister Edith, if you love me, do you really love me, Sister Edith? See, being that legacy of godliness it's not always an easy thing brother Tyson 
but it's the right thing. That's what, you know, when I was a young man and, and started going to the Holiness Church, Brother Boyd, that's what I liked about it the best. When we walked outside, Brother Chris, I didn't hear nobody telling dirty jokes. I didn't hear nobody cussing and carrying on. The women had a beautiful look about them. The men had a beautiful look about them. I could see the love of God in their life. And Sister Mary, I said, I just need some of that. I got to have some of that. Aren't you thankful that God put a spotlight in your life one day and showed you this wonderful truth, Brother Kevin, and said, Brother Kevin, this is what you need. But Brother Kevin, we got a responsibility when you're in that truck and, and you stop somewhere and, and if you get out and show yourself unseemly, somebody will say amen. And then you come back in a little while and, and Brother Allen, you want to talk about Jesus. That's kind of a little tough spot. I want somebody to, to watch where I walk and not that it's me. As, as I said earlier about where Paul said, we've written epistles, written on all men. Sister Summer, I want people to say, that's a godly man there. Because Abraham, the Bible called him a friend of God. Don't you want to be known as a friend of God? A person's family of origin is a powerful force in shaping a person. It says that I got some... Um, um, I'm sorry, some information that said children of, of substance abuse parents are more than twice as likely to have an alcohol or drug use disorder themselves by young adulthood as compared to their peers. Said 12-year-olds whose parents smoked were more than two times as likely to begin smoking cigarettes on a daily basis between the ages of 13 and 21 than were children whose parents didn't use tobacco. If you are a parent who does not drink or use drugs, chances are your children, now listen, will follow your example even if you trust, even if you just proclaim a negative attitude toward liquor and drugs. Your child will think twice about using them. However, if you are a heavy drinker or you increase your child's chances of following your example by threefold. The latest research indicates that parents' examples and teaching are far more effective forms of drug education than anti-drug programs in school. And number five, it says children who come from strict homes where parents not only have negative attitudes about drinking and drugs, but also monitor their children, academic progress, and other activities also have less risk of alcoholism and drugs. Children who attend reg religious services frequently, who believe that religion is important in their lives, have a lower rate of chemical abuse. One study showed abuse of about 7% for religious teens and 17% for non-religious. I've often heard, Brother Boyd, that folks see more with their eyes than they ever hear with their ears. Brother Chris, we can't say that we want our children to go to church if we're piled up on bed on Sunday morning. We can't expect, Sister Donna, for our children to be prayer warriors, expect them to be Bible readers, expect them to be witnesses if they not see us doing it. Amen. I thought about how that when I worked at Winn Dixie, we had a we used to display beer right in the front lobby as you come in the store. Sister Joy, there'd be a big old pallet, you know, Super Bowl and all those hunting seasons. We have big pallets of beer in the lobby. And young lady come went I don't mind to tell you, she went to the first Baptist church and she come in and she just I thought she was going I called an ambulance on her. She just had a fit. She said, You can't have that here. Well the boss come out there and said, Well, well, that's what Winn-Dixie said we were supposed to do. She said, I don't care what Winn-Dixie said. You can't have that here. 
She said, you got to move that. That offends me. She said, if you don't move that, she said, we're going to call the warehouse. And when you tell somebody that's got bosses above you, they're going to tell your boss, and you kind of get a little nervous. And so, so the boss come back in. He called his supervisor, and sure enough, this lady went home. Sister Kid called Jacksonville. Can I tell you, in just a few moments, we got a phone call and said, move the beer out of the lobby. It offended her, her, her God that she served enough that she said, look here. I just don't want that. I just wonder how many times that we walk by, thanks, Sister Gibson, that maybe God is, maybe somebody that God has laid on your heart to testify to or to witness to, that you could leave that godly example behind. Can I tell you, as long as I can remember, we never put another display of beer in that lobby. Because that lady lived in that town, Brother Mike, we knew she was coming in. See, what, I, what I'm trying to tell you is, folks, if, if people know that you live for God, they won't be telling dirty jokes around you because if you walk away enough times, if you walk away enough times, say, I don't want to hear that mess. I don't participate in that. Because they, trust me, they hear more with their eyes than they ever do with their ears. If you don't believe so, go in the next time you're in the Walmart, look at all them advertisements on them packages and get it home and cook it and see if it looks as good as it did on that package. We was riding down the road the other day. I told Sharon, I said, I want to stop by Wendy's. I want me one of them hamburgers on that big billboard. Amen. Church, we need to advertise for Jesus. We need to leave an example of godliness behind everywhere we go. Amen. See, if that little lady, Sister Betty, hadn't ever come in and said, I just want to put my God to the test and see what happens. They would have just kept that going. Thought about the lesson said David and his extended family are biblical examples of the roles families play in shaping the lives of others. And if you don't mind, I'd like to just veer just a little bit, Brother Everett, from that. I'm going to keep an eye on the pastor, but I just want to veer just a little bit. Instead of talking about where David had committed that horrible act of killing killing Uriah, and we all know the story. We all know that cost him some sons, Brother Everett, and cost him a, a daughter that got raped. Those are horrible things. But what I really took from this is in 2 Samuel 12, 13 through 14, and it said, And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned. Well, David come, and, and he reads him his bill of rights, Brother Donnie, and he said, This is what you've done. We know the story about the lamb. And, but what I like about this is, as David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sins, that thou shalt not die. So Jesus, he didn't run for that responsibility. When the man of God stuck his finger in his chest and said, You're the man. I remember I reading in the book of Genesis where, the, where God done that to the first man that was ever created, and he did what most men done. He looked to the woman and said, It's the woman you gave me, God that made me do this. But see, David didn't do that. David said, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, the Lord also hath put away thy sin, that thou shalt not die. He said, but how be it because of this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme and the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. 
shall surely die. He didn't leave it at that, Sister Jen. David said, I've heard the judgment of God. We're talking about leaving a legacy of godliness. And it said that David therefore besought God for the child, and David fasted and went in and laid all night upon the earth. And it came to pass on the seventh day that the child died, and the servants of David feared to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive, we spake unto him, and he would not hearken unto our voice. How will he then vex himself if we tell him that the child is dead? But David said to his servants, saw his servants whisper, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore David said unto his servant, Is the child dead? And they said, He is dead. And David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel, came into the house of the Lord and worshiped. Then he came to his own house, and when he required, they set bread before him, and he did eat. Then said his servants unto him, What thing is this that thou hast done? Thou didst fast and weep for the child while it was alive, but when the child was dead, thou didst arise and eat bread. And I love his response. And he said, While the child was yet alive, I fasted and I wept. For I said, Who can tell? Have you ever been a place that you thought, who can tell what God can do? You hear the negative reports, Brother Chavez, of of what may be coming, maybe from whatever circumstance, whether it's your family, whether it's your friends. But David said, who can tell will, will be gracious to me, whether God will be gracious to me, that the child might not die. Who can tell, Pastor? I've often thought about how, Brother Junior, how that God maybe lays somebody on your heart to pray for them and encourage them and go talk to you. And so many times, Brother Gibson, we just think, well, God can't save that person. I wonder how many times that somebody said that about old Wayne Williams. That said, that old guy, he ain't, he's just an old sinner. He's just lost and undone. But I want to be like David. I want to say, who can tell whether God will be gracious to me? I don't want to run. I don't want to sheep. I don't want to back up from responsibility. Brother Donnie, if God puts his finger in my life and says this needs to go, I don't want to make excuses. I don't want to look to the right or to the left. I want to be like David. I want to find me a place that I can find somewhere that I can pray and I can fast. I don't care what the handwriting on the wall says because I serve a God that's gracious and God that's merciful and God that's forgiven. Sister Amy, he said, he said he threw, and we're going to get to that in just a minute. He said he took all my sins and threw them in the sea of forgetfulness. Brother Jerry, I want to be that example. Because you know, as a Christian, Brother Tyson, it ain't always going to flow just right. Amen. But aren't you glad for every hard thing that you've ever been through, Brother Jerry? God just helps you get through another one. You get over this mountain, there's just another hill to have to climb and get to. But God said he'll never leave us nor forget, forsake us. Oh, let me be like David and not blame nobody else, but just say, God, work on me. Spiritual development consists of continual change. Philippians 3, 13 and 14 says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but, but this one thing that I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before he said, I, pry, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in God in Christ Jesus. I wrote down here about getting back on the wheel. Do you ever have to get back on the wheel at the potter's house? You know, Sister Don, I think old Wayne's doing pretty good, amen. 
devil see me gloating and boasting, he'd just say, take his foot out and say, oh. Got to climb back up on that wheel and say, all right, God, rub some of them rough, rough edges off of me. I was not expecting Sharon to be in here with me this morning. She was supposed to be out there with Brother Chris, but sometimes my big mouth gets in gear before my brain does, and I say things that I shouldn't. Sister Joyce, I got to go to her, and I got to say I'm sorry. And I, I don't want her to listen to this, but, boy, that's tough. You know, if I make Brother Bobby mad and I got to go to him and say... I'm going to talk to Brother Rayleigh. He's in my line right here. I, I, I can go, if I offend Brother Bobby, I can go talk to Brother Bobby and say, you know, I'm sorry about that, man. Please forgive me. I want to move on. But my wife. Maybe y'all don't have that problem. Brother Danny's looking at me like I'm crazy. He don't have that problem. Brother Wayne has that problem. But you understand that if we're trying to leave a legacy of godliness behind, our family's important, church. Our co-workers are important, church. Our church members are important, church. I thought about how that in Hebrews 13 and 7, it says, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, consider the end of their conversation. He didn't stop there. He dropped down to 17. He said, Obey. I know that's hard. That's tough. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourself. I know that's tough. For they watch over your souls that they must give an account that they must do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you. Can I tell you you'll never be a great leader until you're a great follower. Is that right, Brother Allen? When the man of God, you know, I, I, I told Pastor and, and, and Brother Huggins if we said underneath him, God gives you something for Brother Wayne, just give it to him. Just call him out and just say, bam, this is the word of God and this is where you live at. Sister Smith, I want that. I want a man of God overlooking in my life to say, Wayne, you got some things that God showed me that we need to clean up. I don't want to be a hypocrite, church. You know, everybody can pick out a hypocrite. Those are easy to pick out. But I want a man of God that'll stand behind the pulpit or get me to the side, Sister Smith, and say, look here, Wayne. We got to clean up some things. Thought about how a friend of mine had told told me a story about a, a pastor friend of ours and said he was a new convert and he went to his pastor and he said, Look, um, I'm gonna start school and I think this is what I want to do is for, for a career and go to school and, 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 and do this. And she said, Well well when's your classes? And the, the man said, Well, it'll be on Wednesday. And his pastor said, Wednesday? Well, how many Wednesday services might you miss? He said, oh, about 19. Pastor said, now you're a new convert and you're going to miss 19 services? Sister Melinda, the, the story goes that the pastor said, uh, I don't think that would be good for you. You're a new convert, you're just getting started, Sister Lena, and I don't think that would be good for you. But Pastor, the the story finishes up that the young convert said, that's okay, because I'd rather have God than have school. Can I tell you, this pastor that we're talking about has went on to preach all across the world, across the 50 states, and wrote books. And can I tell you, you just never know, Brother Gibson, how God's working and how God's going to use somebody. I'm not telling you, Brother Bobby, that school's wrong by no means. That's not what I'm trying to tell you. 
But what I am trying to tell you, if you're going to leave a, a pattern that people can follow, a path that people can follow to godliness, there's going to be tough choices, Brother Jerry, that you're going to have to make. Because we don't know what God's got on the other side of the, the hill for us. Brother Chris, we just got to get on to the other side of the hill. I'm, I'm pretty confident that that pastor didn't know exactly what God had told them to tell this young convert. But God's got a plan, church. Satan would love nothing more than to mess up, Brother Mike, your influence with the people that you're around. He don't want you to leave a, a legacy of godliness. He wants you to leave a legacy of hypocrites and, and, and that you're not willing to sell out for Jesus. But can I tell you, Brother How, there's no better life than this life of Jesus. I, I'd like for real quickly in your own mind to poll yourself and think about how many people have known this wonderful truth that you know that's walked away. That no longer have God tugging at his heart pulling at their heart to come back home. Aren't you glad that God tugs on your heart and reminds you that I want to be first in your life? I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that of all the people, all my friends that I know, he could have chose a lot better people than me. They had a whole lot more to offer, Sister Summer, than I do. He said, we must continue to allow God to change us. And he said, wherefore, putting away lying, speaking every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. He said, be angry and sin not, and let not the sun go down upon your wrath. He said, never give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more. I love this. He said, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good that he may give to him that hath need. He didn't stop there and say, let him that stole steal no more, and let him build him up a kingdom. He said, let him take what he's made and give to somebody else. In the world, it would tell you, you've turned over a new leaf. leaf. You're doing good, Sister Amy. Just keep. But God said, look, what you've got, don't build it up for you. Go give it away. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the using of the edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. He said, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. He said, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And he said, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Colossians 3, 8 through 10 says, but now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. thought about how in James 3, 10 and 11, reads that out of the same mouth proceeded blessings and cursing. He said, My brethren, these things ought not to be. Doeth a fountain send forth the same place, sweet water and bitter? Church, say amen. No, brother, ever, I got some friends of mine. They don't mind letting a little curse word slip out of their mouth. Now, Pastor, there's a lot of things I can, that just bothers the fire out of me. I just, I can't picture Jesus sitting around. I just can't picture that. I know Peter kind of messed up and cursed right there. But after the day of Pentecost, things changed in his life, Sister Joy. I'm not saying that we perfect, Sister Don't I understand that. We don't walk on water, but we hope to one day, amen. By faith, I claim it, Amen. I won't get off on that road. We'll stay pretty tight here right where we're at. But here's what I'm trying to tell you is this. Sharon went up to a friend of ours' house some days ago and 
dropped off an envelope that we had um, for this gentleman. And if this gentleman was sitting in this church this morning, and I gave him the microphone. He would tell you, Sister Edith, he saved and paid up and prayed up and ready to go up. She said she stepped up on his back of his porch and put this envelope in a box he had. Said he was just ripping and snarling on that phone, just a cussing and carrying on. Can I ask you, church, what kind of legacy you reckon he's going to leave behind? You reckon if Brother Jerry was out on the farm doing what farmers do, thank God for farmers, amen? But, and, and, and something upset him, and he just started carrying on and fell back in that flesh and started carrying. What do you reckon them folks would think about Brother Jerry? What about those folks that maybe he witnessed to at the farm store and they heard Brother Jerry, y'all know where I'm going with this. They thought maybe they'd just come in to hatch being apostolic church on a Wednesday night because they like the people that go to church here and, and they look up and guess who's speaking that night? Brother Jerry. What kind of legacy of godliness you suppose Brother Jerry just left behind? Can I tell you, when Honey got home and told me that man had done that, I said, well, the whole town knows that. They all know him that you don't cross him because if you cross him, he's just going to cuss you out. Church, I, the Bible just said, out of the same mouth proceeded blessings and cursing, and my brethren, these things ought not to be. See, you know, when you read that, those things that's laid out there, there's not no, what we would call the big sin. He said, be angry and sin not. Don't let the, you can be angry, but don't let the sun go down on that because if you let that thing fester, Sister Melinda, that could rise up and cause you problems down the road. We can't be this. Brother Jerry can't be the, the man of God up here in Hatch Bend and be somebody different out there with Brother Orlando and Brother Chavez. If he hopes to lead people to church, they got to see Jesus on the outside the same as they see Jesus on the inside. It's difficult to find an example of a healthy family in the Bible, and I've got to be real quick because I've got to hurry up here, but and I just want to, I want to venture again real quickly. I want to talk to you about a man named Noah. And I know we got some builders in the house, but I want you to just grasp this concept, and I know we all know it, but this boat was 450 foot long, I think, and 75 feet wide and 45 feet high. They didn't have a Home Depot or Lowe's. They didn't have power tools. Amen. He didn't say hollow out a tree with a canoe. He said build this huge boat. But every asked him to do something, that, he said it, it's going to rain, and we, this thing we got to do do away with all this. Genesis six five through eight said, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man. Think about this. It, it repented the Lord that he had made man on the, on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping things and the fowls of the air. And it said, and it repented me that I have made man. I mean, I, that I have made them. The Bible don't stop us there, but he said, but Noah, church say, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Church, when the devil tells you this thing's the hard way and you can't make it, think about old Noah. Think about old Noah. He's out building something on the dry land, telling them that this world's going to come to an end, 
God's going to bring some waters. He's talking about something they ain't never heard of, ain't never seen. See, we can buy into that thing, Sister Joy, because we know what rain is. We understand that concept. The Bible says, by faith, Noah, being warned of God, things not yet seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. And I know that our young people are under great pressure at school to, to live godly. But Brother Brian, can I step out a little further and tell you us adults are under great pressure to live godly. It ain't just at the schoolhouse, church. It's at some of our houses. It's some of our workplaces. Some of our family members. So when you think that you can't make another step, think about old Noah. Not only that, when God said it's time to load up in the boat, he went loaded up in the boat for seven days. God was so merciful, he just left the plank down. I wonder how many people come by and just laugh. I wonder how many times maybe a son thought about, Dad must be crazy. He must be crazy. What is he? But you don't say that, Brother Allen. It said that Noah and his house was saved. I'm like old Job, and I don't mind to tell you, I'm like old Job. Job said, the very thing that I feared has come upon me. I believe that to be, Brother Ben, that he was afraid his kids was going to be lost. As a parent, I, I'm here to tell you, sir, to be, I, I would hate to know that my daughters called and said, Mom and Daddy, we don't want to walk this way no more. Oh, God, I don't want to ever get that phone call. You don't think we're under great persecution. Y'all remember Vice President Pence when he come out and said that he hears from God. Some folks got on TV and made fun of the Vice President of the United States about saying that he hears from God. I don't know about y'all, church. I'm glad I hear from God. I'm glad I got a God that serves and answers and talks back. Not only did he give it his spirit on the inside of me, he left me his word that I can follow. But Kevin, I'm glad. But you tell that to certain people, they'll call you crazy. I got people at work. When we went to Chief, and they always talked about us playing with the rattlesnakes. I just messed with them. I said, yeah, we got to get a new shipment on. I said, don't come on Sunday night. That's when we get a new shipment on Sunday night. <laughs> Y'all come on Wednesday nights. We kind of cool on Wednesday night, but you blow up in here on Sunday night, you about. <laughs> don't play with Brother Wayne. I'll dance with you. You want to dance? We'll dance. Here's what I tell them all the time. I said, listen. I said, y'all keep eating like y'all eating. Y'all going to wind up in the ICU unit, but y'all go ahead. But here's one thing I ask of you. When you get there, call Brother Wayne because I want to come pray for you. I'm serious. Because I believe God can do anything. If this man called Noah, said the Bible said he moved in fear, preparing an ark, wherein his household might be saved. What would we do to make sure our household is saved? Are you willing to stand up some ridicule, some laughter? Are you willing to be a separated people, a called out people? Are you willing to leave a, a path of, of godliness? Heard a preacher say the other day, and I've got to get round up. I'm watching Brother Chris, but heard a preacher say the other day, said he, he gave his children an allowance. He said, for, he said, for no other reason than he could take that opportunity to teach them about tithing. See, Brother Gibbs, it's our responsibility. I can't expect my children to serve God with their whole heart, soul, mind, and strength if I'm not in there. Because, church, I want y'all to make it. I really do. 
And I want Sharon to make it. I really do. But I want Wayne to make it. I want my children, Brother Kenny, to make it. He's coming. I want to tell you this, and I've got to wrap this up. The family unit is an ideal place for God's grace to be revealed. We all know the story about the prodigal son. But I want to take you to Deuteronomy 21, 18 through 21, tell you what the law said. And I know we don't live underneath the law, but I just want you to stay with me just a few minutes. He said, If a man have a stubborn and rebellious son which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and that when they have chastened him and will not hearken unto them, then shall his father and his mother lay hold on him and bring him out unto the elders of the city and to the gate of his place. And they shall say unto the elders of the city, This our son is stubborn and rebellious, and he will not obey our voice, and he is glutton and a drunkard. And all the men of his city shall stone him with stones that he die. So thy put evil away from among you, and all Israel shall hear and fear. And I thought about how the prodigal son, Brother Everett, the Bible don't say that his daddy fought with him. His daddy never told him he's messing up. He just gave it to him and let him go, Sister Mary. But in the Old Testament, it said if you, you had those kind of problems, you just took them out, Brother Chris, and they, they just stoned him and take care of that problem. I thought about how in Revelations 12 and 10, the back half of that says, For the accuser of the brethren is cast down, which is accused before them, before God day and night. I thought about what Brother Rayleigh said when the prodigal son come home and the daddy run out there and met him, fell on his neck and kissed him and put that new robe around him. Brother Rayleigh said it was a robe of grace. I'm thankful for that robe of grace because I wonder how many times the old devil stood before God and said, that old Wayne Williams won't ever amount to nothing. He ain't worth saving. You understand, God, that man ain't worth saving. He's too far down the rung. He ain't worth it. But this is what God said. In the book of Hebrews, twice, he said, their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Micah, he said, he'd cast our sins in the sea of forgiveness. In Isaiah, he said, he put them behind his back. In Psalms, he said, as far as the east is from the west. So this I tell you in closing. Proverbs, the preacher said, a good name is rather to be chosen than the great riches and love and favor rather than silver and gold. He said, the rich and the poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. Paul wraps it all up, and I'm wrapping up now. He said in 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8, he said, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. He said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course, and I've kept the faith. He said, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge shall give to me at that day, not to me only, but all those that love his appearing. So my question this morning in closing is this. If we live long enough and some preacher preaches, will he be able to stand over my casket and say, Wayne Williams, he fought a good fight, he kept the faith, and now he's finished his course. So I've preached a few funerals, not very many, but a few. I preached some that weren't saved, Sister Amy. I'm not judging, I'm just looking at an apple tree, I know what an apple looks like. But I couldn't say he fought a good fight. He kept the faith, and he finished his course. More than anything, 
I want a man of God to stand over me. God bless you. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.